All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now with the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. I knew you were going to do that. I always do. Yeah, you always do. Um, I'm here for. Uh, but again, I've, I've missed you. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. You know, you're looking good and everything. Um, I'm going to borrow that shirt, even though it might be a little little tight on me. A little big, because it's uh, so buff. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I got it, got it wrong. <laughs> um, my name is Chris Denson. Uh, to my right is Robert Donez Jr. This is Innovation Crush. And uh, on this show, we kind of talk about the latest and greatest innovations in the marketplace, people and places and things, and you know, really awesome ideas and awesome projects. Um, we also have a really cool guest co-host with us today by the name of Cooper Bates. Cooper, you want to uh, tell us a little bit about your, the elevator version? I know you've had like the an amazing, amazing life. I'm, every time you, every time I talk to you, I get jealous. But um, just just give me the abbreviated version so I don't I don't tear up. You got it. That's uh, quite an introduction, Chris, because I feel that way about your life. But. Um, my name is Cooper Bates. I'm sorry I don't have quite the radio voice that you have. You sound amazing I to me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I um, I uh, founded a company called Hint Mint. It's the original design and breath mint company back in 1997 with a business partner named Harley Cross. I have um, also was the kind of founder of the idea for TEDx. Uh, which is uh, quite interesting. That's, it's a little-known fact, actually. I did the very first one. It was called TED LA back in uh, 2007. I remember um, that. And, uh, and I, run, I actually run a TEDx Skid Row now. I co-produced one with a guy named Robert Gupta, who's a violinist for the LA Phil and a TED fellow. So there you go. You're a photographer, an adventurer, and a, a yeah. man of many, many skills. See, yes. I, there's no way I can top that. So, uh, and sitting across from me is a gentleman by the name of Adam Chapnick. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. You gave me the eye. I was like, uh-oh. Uh, that but- was an admirer. <laughs> you look awesome. Too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I actually ironed this shirt earlier. Um, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. I'm so psyched. Um, you work for a small company called uh, Indiegogo. You got it. Um, what do you do at Indiegogo, and what is Indiegogo? <laughs> I have uh, a title that either uh, repels people or interests people. It's evangelist. Yes, I read that. And I, I was like, I, you don't have on a white suit. There's no Bible in one hand, a snake in the other. So I'm like, what happens with an evangelist inside a company called Indiegogo? Well, you got to visit me later, and I'll put on the suit. And I'll bring out the, the snakes. Um, not evangelists. I bring, I bring the word to the people, you know, about crowdfunding. That's, I travel. I, I do a lot of talks. I explain to people the promise, the power, the possibilities of crowdfunding. And a lot of people, you know, now it's a big Topic when right. we when we started, you know, crowdfunding. Nobody knew what the heck that was, and so yeah. I had to sounded ex- like one of those made up terms, <clears throat> right? <laughs> and so, and still though, uh, the thing that I do now mostly is explain to people that even though it's called crowd 
funding. Sounds like it's getting free money from people you don't know, which, of course, kind of is. But I really help people understand that the, that money sometimes is the secondary, even the tertiary benefit of it. It's about like market testing. It's about engagement. It's about, you know, really amplifying a group that's around you, no matter who you are, because we do literally like everything. We have creative stuff. We have causes. We got businesses. We got right. your mother's dental work. We got, you know, whatever. You got mint companies, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but a lot of people... You can you, you can get enormous benefit for a whole career doing this crowdfunding thing that really right. doesn't it's not so much about the funding because you just spend the money the minute you get it. Sure. But you keep the people. They stick with you and they stay real engaged and they become fans and then they become evangelists and they put on the white suits for you. Except nice. they've paid you for the right to do it. And that's what's so amazing. And I I mean, look, you gotta take a grain of salt because look who's talking to you. I mean, I, <laughs> I love this. I've been here since almost day one. Um, but I really am excited by like how this is going to change the music industry. Forget it. Over crowdfunded. Always. It's going to be film. It's going to be small business and startups. You get money without having to give up equity in your business. I mean, it's like everywhere. It's going to change everything. That's awesome. And this is me doing this. You see it. <laughs> you said, no, you're, you're a ball of energy. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. Now I want to sign up for something. I don't, uh, I don't even have any ideas. But I'm going to make one today. Um, so when did, like, when did you know? Like, obviously, Indiegogo was kind of like a pioneer in this space. Yeah, I don't even know. Yep. First one, baby. Well, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I don't know if there was one around before you. What I mean, aside from being the first, what do you sort of attribute to the success? Because, you know, there's a lot of firsts out there and then there's a lot of second and thirds that come along and do it better. And then the first is forgotten. Yeah. Um, what do you attribute to that, you know, that trajectory? And, and what was it kind of like almost even what was that first beat where you guys go? This is we got it right. I mean, first answer is definitely the team. And I think it always, in anything I've ever done, I didn't know it at the time, but it always comes down to the team. It's just, you know, you can have an idea, like you're saying, if you saw the first iteration of Indiegogo, like how it works, it was like, you know, pictures and arrows and, a, you know, like dollar signs and, a, you know, a gift box and like people smiling. Right. It no, made no sense. You know, and if we just were like, hey, nobody's showing up, we'd be like, forget it, we're packing up and going home. Right. But, you know, Danae Ringelman. Eric Shell, Eric Shell, the unsung hero of Indiegogo, mm-hmm. he was our, uh, one of our three founders, and he built the whole thing himself for like a year and a half. Indiegogo was one dude. Wow. Yeah. Did and he crowd crowdfund it? <laughs> we we did not crowd. <laughs> we bootstrapped it. I mean, it was right. just you know us. Well, it was a small but crowd. Small crowd. Tiny crowd. <laughs> Micro crowdfunding. Hey. Micro TM, crowdfunding. TM. You, you heard it here first, folks. There it is. Innovation crush. Yeah. Um, no, but I think the, the, what we had was vision, right? We, we, and it started with Danae. And Danae had this idea that, you know, democratizing access to capital. And that's for everybody. But um, we really knew that if we could really get people, there's so many different niches that need money and can't get it because there's gatekeepers or there's curators or it's, you know, too many hoops to jump through, whatever. But it would change lives. And, and our job was getting that vision matched up with people who needed it and then just sticking with it until that happened. And so we went out and our, our policy on, you know, like events right. early on was yes. <laughs> that was our policy. <laughs> you want us to come? Yes, we'll be there. Right. We were like, you know, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Schmooville, you know, yes. Mormon church, you know, <laughs> sisterhood meetup. You want to tell you? Yes, we'll be there. Right. Anything like anywhere. And we just did everything we could to bring the message of what we were doing to people and listen. Right. So it was about getting um, what people really needed and hearing where they were confused. And we, yeah. so we change it. 
And so, for example, we started, in, I mean, this is, maybe we started all with nothing, which is a, a model of crowdfunding where you set a goal, and if you don't hit your, dead, your, your goal by your deadline, you get nothing. Right. Right? But, and that's, to this day, with something like 1,100 crowdfunding sites, and I think virtually all of them do it that way. Wow. But we listened to the people, and everyone was like, look, I don't know how much I can raise. I have no idea. And incidentally, to this day, no one can tell you how much you can raise. I can't, you can tell yeah. me I have... You know, 20,000 Twitter followers and this many news, blah, 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 blah. I cannot tell you how much you'll raise. Because why? Your idea might suck. Right. Right? It doesn't matter who you're reaching if your idea sucks. Or you may be bad at telling them what, yeah. what it is. Anyway, point is, we listen to people and they're like, please let us keep the money we raise somehow. We don't, right. if, we, if we're wrong about our goal. So we figured out a thing called flexible funding. We're like, hit your goal, you can pay us 4%. Miss your goal, pay us 9%. Everyone's like, yay. Now it's more than 80%, 80, more than 80 of people do that to this day. That's awesome. Yeah. And Wait, so miss your goal, you get four, but hit it, you, get, you pay nine. Opposite. Opposite. Yeah, opposite. yeah. Hit your goal, you only pay us 4%. Miss your goal, you keep your money, but pay us 9%. I see. So it's an incentive right. to hit your goal, but it's right. not like a total. Right. Gun punch. If well, you even, well, even getting that word back from the people, right? The, I, I think there, you know, at least in my mind, there's a lot of misconceptions about the idea of crowdfunding. It's like, you know, it's almost like viral video. Like, if we put it out there, everybody will flock to it. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of diligence and hard work that still needs to go into it on behalf of oh, the yeah. the creator. Do you, is there a coaching process that happens in that, or do you find like that is a common hurdle you find with people when they come Absolutely. across this? Oh, I mean, I used to, part of my stump speech used to be, there are no elves. And what I said was, you know, the shoemaker and the elf story, you know, it's like the shoemaker has to make shoes for the king, and he's got his material he needs, and it's due the next morning when the king's going to kill him unless he gets his shoes, but he sees a guy who needs something, and so he gives him some of his shoe material because he's in need, and he's a nice shoemaker, and he goes to bed and he's like, oh, I'm done. I'm killed in the morning. I won't have the shoes. The king's going to kill me. And he wakes up. And what happened? The elves came and they made his shoes and everything's better. <laughs> Yay, the elves are here. And I say, you know, in crowdfunding, there are no elves. Make your own shoes. Yeah, yeah, they're right. There are no elves. Wow. You can't he's uh, anti-Good Samaritan. No, no, no. no, no, no. Anti-elf, actually. <laughs> I am totally elfist. Right. Elfist. So, no, but, and, but the truth is, of course, in, in, in the final analysis, there are elves. Mm. I mean, people do wake up in the morning, come to Indiegogo and be like, what am I going to give money to that I don't know? But you can't mm. bank on that. You can't like, put, a, put up a, a page being like, I have an idea for a mink company and then hope in the morning I've got $150,000 from people who don't know me think that's a good idea you right. know, but what it is it's amplification you know it's a way that you you start with whatever you start with if it's 20 people or 20,000 people mm -hmm. and using what we built it will amplify whatever message you get to them and move them with it right. helps them get it to their people and their people's people people, 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 people. so let's talk about the ampl amplification mechanism for a second like yeah. how does you know I put up my page you know I got a mint idea and I want yep. to do designer mints yeah um, and, and, uh, and, and be like Cooper but then how do you how does the Indiegogo platform help me get the word out or does that not even happen oh it does yeah okay. I mean it does it does it with the product and it does with uh, in several ways. So first of all, the thing I remind people is we've been around the whole time, right? And all we've been doing is trying to figure out how do we make this work better? How do we make this work better? Sure. Do, and so to get boring, you know, there's A-B testing. And, and anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's, you know, we segment part of our usership and we say, okay, today we're going to see if the button should say donate now or contribute now. And right. so everyone in Pittsburgh is going to see donate now, or everyone in Pittsburgh, every other person who visits is going to see donate right. or contribute. We're going to measure it, whichever does more of what we want. We throw the other one out and keep it. So Indiegogo is just a full site 
it's full of A-B tested stuff that's right. better. It all does what, you're, what it's supposed to do. So there's that. And that goes all the way through from messaging to the buttons to what color it is to what shape it is. Is it the top, bottom, right, left, all that stuff. But it's also, you know, like all the way in the back end. We do things where we convert. Yeah, we convert your visitors to contributors. That's important. But maybe more important is when those people that you send to your campaign page, they end up giving you money because they believe. We help them con- convert from contributors into sharers. You know, they get these big, happy-looking boxes that say, share on Facebook, share on Twitter. Right. And we pre-populate their shares. And we've pre-populated with tested verbiage right. that more likely to get people to click and more likely to get people to contribute. And you got all that. But right. then there's also something we have called the go-go factor. Um, and the go-go factor, which I did not name. Please do it. It's fine. Okay, cool. Thank <laughs> you. I named nice. it. Then I named it. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you were looking at my boots for a second. <laughs> nice. Go, we got the go-go boots. We got the evangelist suit. We're going out. Yes. It's going to be a party. It's happening. No stone unturned. Right. Um, and we got mints. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got fresh breath. <laughs> cool clothes. Nothing can stop us. Um, so GoGo Factor is basically an algorithm that we developed because we now have something like 7,000, 8,000 campaigns live at any given time. So we, we love to help people. And we, we always believe that that's a value of ours is that we have people helping people, humans. We're, we don't curate. We're open. And we don't, uh, you know, we don't like send you off to an autoresponder email. We help people. And we track that. But as far as being able to help everyone with like, can you put me on the front page? Obviously, everybody wants it on the front page. Can you put yeah. me in the newsletter? can't put 8,000 people on the front page. So we developed something called the GoGo Factor, which is an algorithm that measures activity. And it's, um, it measures some things that you can control and some things you can't. You know, right. Whether you're putting up videos that we suggest or do you have your perks done or have you done this, have you done that? But also, is it connecting with your community? Are people visiting, giving money, updates, comments, all that stuff? And people, <clears throat> it's like a Google page, page rank. Sure. People with the highest uh, algorithm score, GoGo Factor score, get pushed to the front page in the blog and the newsletter and even get help from our PR agencies. So it's all, it's fully automated. You guys don't necessarily yeah. like play favorites or like, Oh, this one's cool. No, and like, obviously you can't do that, but right. I mean, that's part of the philosophy of the company. Right. It's not just like, um, it, I mean, there's two things about it that I'm proud of personally. I mean, mm-hmm. And I think I'm speaking for my pals, but it's that, you know, one of the guiding, the fundamentals, like I was talking about before, is democratizing access to capital. Sure. So it shouldn't matter if you are cooler than me or if you are Brad Pitt or if your goal is a million dollars and my goal is $2,000. That shouldn't dictate whether you have access that I don't, we believe. Right. So if I, with my goal of whatever, 10 grand and my you know little theater company, if I'm busting my ass and putting out all the stuff and I've got my people coming and everybody's done and I'm over, you know, whatever I am right. and you're at a million bucks, but you're only kind of half-assing it and, you're, and maybe you have a really cool gadget, I'm going to be on the front page and you're not. Right. Or we'll, maybe we'll both get on the front page. But everybody has equal access. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, I love that. Do you find, like, like, you know, when you look at celebrities or large entities or, mm-hmm. you know, people that have a little bit more marketing power to get, their own, get the word out on their own mm-hmm. versus the mom and pop shop or Robert's idea for uh, the the jerk glasses handle where you pull your glasses off from the middle. Nice. Um, <laughs> was, that, was that my idea? Yeah, now it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, do, like, do, what, what is the, what's the vibe there? I mean, what are people saying? Like, is it like, oh, Warner Brothers, have, you know, of course, they, are they, they're stealing all the attention away from our thing. Like, is there a little bit of that that happens? And, and, and how do you guys handle that kind of churn in the, in the 
so process. you mean in in other words, if there's like some famous dude and he does great, do the do the unknown people doing the same thing that he's doing get all pissed because exactly. he's taking all the thunder? No, well, no, no. So sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> do they get pissed? Yes. Right. But are they right? No. Right. So. Is, I love this question, actually, because right now this is all over the place, right? Everybody's like, uh, you know, insert celebrity here, mm-hmm. Spike Lee, whatever. Exactly. He, he shouldn't crowdfund because he has access to the capital. Right. And He's I rich. He's rich. He funded <laughs> himself. Right. So one of the things that I point out, and, and again, all of these sort of like memes that come up, which is like celebrity shouldn't crowdfund or they're taking away the money from us who need it, Right. Those are just a function of people learning how this whole thing works. You know, like most people are like, ooh, I heard a great thing about somebody making a million dollars on a website. And that's all they know. That's right. crowdfunding to them. I put up something on a website and now I'm a millionaire. And that is obviously, <laughs> right? That sounds no, very true. It, it sounds awesome. Who wouldn't right. want to do it? Right. Yeah. And then they're like, wait a minute. Spike Lee took the million dollars. Now I can't be a millionaire. Right? right. Has nothing to do with what crowdfunding is or how it works. And in fact, let's keep picking on poor Spike, but like, you know, the fact that Spike Lee did this is great for everyone who's crowdfunding. Why? Because virtually everybody who came to his campaign has never been on a crowdfunding site. How do I know that? Because the statistics show that, but also this, this the whole business isn't even around first base. Right. Nobody, you go out on the street, what's crowdfunding? You know, eight out of 10 people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? In our industries, they know, but nobody knows. Sure. So first of all, he's, celebrities bring new crowdfunders where they now have a good experience with the act of crowdfunding. That's good for you, Mr. Little Filmmaker, because they may come and find your film and be like, oh, I'm familiar with crowdfunding. I did this with Spike's movie. Now I'm going to do this with your movie because I like whatever, right. horror movies. Or so they're, actually they're basically, I mean, they're helping kind of push the model and, and almost like a, the face the face of the business. That's one and, thing. And then you've got the, the machine kind of working behind it. Totally. But there's a second thing, and it's it's more fundamental misunderstanding that that, that I always am pointing out, which is people who get pissed off at people like Spike for doing this um, are are thinking from the way films have been funded literally since whatever, 1902, whatever, whatever they've been funded. And it's always been the same way. It's been sort of like crowdfunding. You go to your dentist, your uncle, your mom, your brother, your sister, any idiot that you can get to put money in your movie, (laughs) right? Because they're never going to get any money back, frankly. But until now, that was all investment. Right. So it was like this giant pool of investors and the investors get equity and they get a percentage of the revenue, blah, 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 blah. Equity, equity, ownership, ownership. Sure. Now people say, what's what's Spike doing? He just raised X millions of dollars off of his poor fans who don't get any ownership and he's going to make all this money. But no, 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 no. This is not he, he didn't even do it on a site that offers ownership and he didn't trick everybody into giving him money right. like, oh, I'm going to give you ownership. No. I was the fine print, <laughs> the kidding. fine print, you got screwed. No, no, no. This isn't even, this is not a um, deficient investment model. This is actually an incredibly turbocharged and groundbreaking revolutionary retail model. Mm-hmm. He took his audience and instead of waiting till he got to the theaters, caressing his fingers and saying, gee, I hope the ad campaign worked and people show up and all of them pay 10 bucks for a ticket. Instead, he invited everybody all the way into the creative process, and he said, I'm going to monetize you according to your passion to be involved in this work and your passion to be involved with me. So if you want to pay 10 bucks like you would have at the theater, you can, and I'll still give you one viewing of the movie like you would have gotten at the theater. Great. Casually interested people. But if you are like a do the right thing fan or she's got to have it fan, you love me for years and years and years. Guess what? If you made 15, I'm making this up, I don't remember his perks, but 1,500 bucks, 
I'm going to have lunch with you. Right. And people are like, holy shit, that's amazing. I'm going to have lunch with Spike Lee. It's like the dream come true. Oh, he did. He had a, he had a, a Nick seat. No, it wasn't seat. like that. Yeah, he had yeah. Nick seats, right? I think. Anyway, point is. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. So, but the point is that that is like an incredibly exciting retail consumer experience for people that helps them engage with things they want to be engaged right. with. So, if you think of it this way, then how would you be pissed off that he's like raising money from his fifth? It's, it's, it's like getting mad when a movie opens to a hundred million dollar weekend and they're like can you believe they made all that money off of their poor fans Those, <laughs> exactly. it's terrible well what is, like what is it about our culture today you know that makes this work right you know if i if i think about crowds participating in creative outcome you know i go back to snakes on a plane where it's just like we were like oh the script and there were, all the fans were kind of chiming in on what was going to happen and whether the movie was going to get made or whatever what, you know is it because of technology tools like this laptop our phones etc cetera, etc cetera, that more people I don't know feel empowered in a sense to to, to make that shit like what do you think is <laughs> what primed you guys over the past six seven years to make this a success that was already happening in the marketplace well I mean crowdfunding is as old as you and me, well, no, you're, you're and my species, much older than you and me. It's, you know, it goes all, and the, the, you know, we love to talk about the Statue of Liberty was crowdfunded, but, yes. but way before. I mean, like, most public, um, you know, war memorials. Free statue, $300,000 base. Yes, very I, good. I watched, I watched the talk. I nice. Watched. Oh, okay, there you go. Shout out to Slava. Nice. Go Slava, go Slava. <laughs> um, that's at Go Go Slava, Twitter. Um, anyway, but yeah, but like, if you go to Europe and you go around, you see all these, like, war memorials, you'll see... Um, uh, funded by subscription or public subscription or something like that. And that just means everybody gave some money so that this war memorial could be in you know Trafalgar Square or whatever. Point is, everybody has always, as human beings, wanted to come together and make their voice heard to have something they want happen. That just is not right. new, right? This is just a way to optimize it, make it happen fast, and give virality... Um, the best chance to occur. And virality used to just, you know, mean, you know, I'm going to die of gonorrhea. But now it's... Uh, it still means that for me. It still means <laughs> some of us... <laughs> uh, doctor? So, um, yeah. Uh, but the short answer is technology absolutely enables the, the yearning to be a part of something bigger than yourself to happen faster and more easily and to share it, to share it. And, we, you know, we're such a social media culture now, which, you know, where... We love – it's almost like it's taboo not to share personal details, that this actually is something that feeds into our um, – it's like our content need for our social media feed in right. a way. But I think all of that conspires together. That it's, it's human nature. It's always been happening. We've built something that makes it happen easily. And it's something that people just yearn to have a part of things they care about and be a part of something bigger than themselves. The, uh, the saturation point, is that anywhere in the future? For you, like the the amount of projects that come to Indiegogo, mm -hmm. the acceleration rate at which projects come to you, is it still at that rate? Is it moving faster? Is it moving slower? Oh, we're growing, and I don't. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it's not growing, and I, I think now. Are you talking about saturation in terms of people? Yeah. Uh, not wanting to crowdfund, yeah. like to do have campaigns. Absolutely, we're we going to run out of money and resources. Like yeah. people are going to be okay. All right, we get it. Crowdfunding. Yeah. I'm, I've done. I've done paying for seven films. No, yeah. I, I mean, I the big picture answer is no, no, no. In fact, I think this is something that addresses a really core need in so many industries that are um, over intermediated. Mm. So what crowdfunding does 
in, in incredible ways is disintermediate. For example, it enables you to distribute without the distributor. It enables you to release without the label. It enables you to publish without a publisher. All of these things. And the amazing thing about it that I observe is that right now, everybody's sort of grasping how it enables you to raise money. Right. Notice I didn't say anything about all that other shit that it does, which is more interesting and more revolutionary. And I was like, well, I can raise money. And yeah. so what, but when people start grasping, wait a minute, like I'm a musician, let's say, right? Some musicians are understanding, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to shell out all the money for the recording studio and all this stuff and then wait and try and give it to some company that's going to take almost all of my money to do something I don't understand and report to me in a way that I don't yeah. understand and give me a couple of pennies on the dollar and maybe give me an audience. Right. Instead, I can just, I mean, with music because the file is so small, I can literally play some of my music on my Indiegogo page now. Like, here's a sample. Want to hear the next album? Give me 10 bucks. Want to hear it and write a song? Give me 600 bucks and want to sing back up, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And suddenly you're funding, you're pre-funding your own album. You're involving people in the process. So like I was saying before, they become your word of mouth marketing team for when you launch. But you're also building a fan base that is going to follow you to your next album and your next album, your next album. And then. Because, the, again, with music, file is so small, you can literally distribute it over the same site, you know? But even, but, okay, but I get that example, right? And you go, a musician, this is perfect, because most artists want to concentrate on the art. They don't want to run a business, per se. They want to be able to make their songs, go in the studio, record, put it out, and have a machine, you know, or a team or an entity of some sort, a label, if you will, do all the work. Right, because if I'm, uh, I just want to write a song. I don't want to have to like, <laughs> hey, Ma, hey, everybody, here I am again. You know, it's like putting on a dog and pony show. And a lot of artists, in some cases, are reclusive in that in that regard. Yep. So, um, you know, how do you combat that? As it, it's, it sounds like a an, a an advantage to someone who's willing to put in that kind of work. But who, for an artist who wants to be an artist, like, well, how does does Indiegogo address that in any way? I mean, I don't. We don't combat it. I mean, that's just the fact. It's like, you know, it's just the fact. You can work on your art. I mean, in the same way that, you know, today, or forget about crowdfunding, 10 years ago, if you wanted to just work on your art and then leave it in your room, you can. Are you going to be a successful musician? No. I mean, you got to do it. I'm sorry, you got to. And if you're bad at it, you're going to do it badly. <laughs> and if you're good at it, you're going to do it better. Right. Now, if you understand by looking at the guy next to you, and you're like, my friend, the other musician, he's either good at it or not good at it, but tried and did it. Mm -hmm. Or he did it with one of these, there's an emerging sort of sub, you know, like a, an ecosystem of consultants and, you know, uh, experts who come and they manage your campaign with you. That's going to grow and that's going to specialize. And there's going to be music crowdfunding companies that just take 10% or 50, I don't know, whatever, some percentage of what they raise. And that'll be a great replacement for the label system. I mean, I, I suspect. And, but the, the answer is, yeah, you got to do it or you don't get the benefits of it. So I, and I guess that I almost answers my own question. Cause I, I think historically you go back eight, nine years ago, <clears throat> artists still had to do a lot of legwork if they wanted to get their music to the people. And now this legwork is, in this instance, is digital. Right? Yeah, but it, it, in fact, it's so much less. I mean, it seems like it's so much more. But if you look at it and really look at, like, what would it, what are the, let's, let's say it's 1995. 
What are the yeah. chances? Yeah, baby. Look at, that, <laughs> look at that hairdo on you, Chris. You look know, awesome. High top feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's 95. You want to get your music out to the people. You have to go through a label. How? What percentage of just, you know, people who announce themselves to be musicians get a label deal? I don't know the answer, but it's like, is it 10%? That's probably high, right? right? So if you have a one in 10 chance of even getting a label deal, then forget about 90% of all musicians, okay? That's 90% of all musicians. Now the 10%, how do they get a label? They gotta hustle, they gotta go this way, they gotta go that way, they gotta go meetings, they gotta this, they take shitty deals, they gotta drop things, the new deal, this. And then, so how many of them actually have a career? It's like 10% of them. You're down to 1% of all musicians. So the difference is, let's say half of all musicians can do crowdfunding passably well enough to, and to, to cover the cost of you know recording and I believe it's for fifteen grand, let's sure. say, and that's a good recording, that's a good chunk of that's money, a yeah. Good chunk of, but it's a good that that's a, not a baloney session. That's good, half of them. And if they do that, that means that enough people have raised their hand to get them the fifteen grand. Now, don't forget, crowdfunding is powerful because it also market tests. And sometimes, like I was saying, you may have music nobody likes, and that's good news too. Like not to you maybe, but it's helpful in <laughs> the long It's good to know, right? Like, no, it is. It's, I mean, we all have to, have to adjust along the way. Right. It's like in pivot. And pivot. Whether you're a business or you're a creative. Like, exactly. You know. It's, it's essential to know. And you may have a passion to be, you know, like do some kind of music that just most people don't get. Let's just say don't get instead of saying it's bad. But like you may be passionate that you, you want to do it. But it's then, kind of too late, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but no, you're, you're right. You know what I'm saying? So, so if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, you and you get this feedback that you can't raise $15,000 from the people closest to you who do know this music, well, you now understand I need to have a career and can do this music. I cannot do this music as a career, most likely. And that's, right. that saves your life in some ways. It's not a glamorous story to say it saves your life. And I'm not pitching that story when I go around talking about, you know, the key benefit of crowdfunding in Indiegogo. But that really is as useful in every, you know, startup businesses, gadgets, you know, everything right. as the wild success because it helps you pivot, like you're saying, if you're if you're yeah. able to. Well, I mean, so you know, it's like those those hidden uh, gems that pop up. You know, it's like you, you never know what's going to be a hit, whether you, a song's on the radio or a business that pops up. I mean, you look at all these tech companies that are being fu- founded or funded. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to pivot for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Um, you're obviously very passionate about yeah. <laughs> what you know what it is you do. Uh, what is your personal brand, right? What is the Adam Ch- Chapnick personal brand? What do you bring to the table at Indiegogo? What do you believe in that makes you so passionate about this and and to be the evangelist? I think I'm I'm a double bottom line person. Like no matter what I do, and I'm a disruptor. So. Um, I get excited when I see that there's something that isn't working for people and I have an idea that will help it work for people. And that's been, I mean, I did that, this company I started before Indiegogo called Distributor. Indiegogo, I see that all over the place. I've been talking about it here. You know, I mean, I love that. But more than that, it's about, you know, when I say double bottom line, I love, I wouldn't do anything if I didn't feel like waking up in the morning is changing people's lives everywhere, you know, or massively. And so, you know, I cry 
three, four times a week just waking up and turning on the computer. Because I'm like, look at this stuff that's happening all over the world right. because of what we did. Like, there's, there's women in Malawi who don't have to walk three miles to a well. I'm making this up. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's incredible changes that are entirely shifting generations of lives all over the world, either in causes. And that's, I mean, literally uh, more than I could ever recount in terms of the, the, the impact on lives, but also like fundamentally in disintermediating an entire industry so that like, just to go back to music, and I'm not even a music guy, we just haven't been talking about it, but if I know that suddenly from now on, you know, a vast percentage of musicians have access to fans and access to a life that matters to them instead of going into like accounting or having to work at an agency because, you know, they wanted they wanted to be a musician but couldn't make it happen. That's that's incredible. Now, wh- where does that come from, right? Like, you know, it's one thing to if I'm I'm 37 right now, and if I go and it, suddenly I turn on the switch, right? That typically doesn't happen. There has to be something for at least in in this case, I feel it, where whether it was how you were brought up or like where where does that spirit of disruptiveness and and ideation and you know come from, and when when was it ingrained in you? I mean. Wow. Well, getting all personal on it, I think I would. Sorry. I, no, no, no. Okay. I mean, just I, I'm flattered that anyone cares. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I, it's, it's I, just me. I love it. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think when I was when I was a kid, I was definitely, uh, you know, a, a problem <laughs> for everybody. And, you know, I was not the guy who did it the way the teacher wanted. I and. Whatever I did, it was I had I just didn't like doing it the way everybody else did it, and um, you know I was removed from a high school, put into another high school, and I was like it was all that, and so I cringe when everybody's waiting in line somewhere. Like if I see a long line for anything, I look everywhere but on that line to see how can the same thing that everybody's waiting for happen without me waiting on that line. Right, and I think it's just part of me is that I I can't stand doing what everybody else does and so when i see like the bulge start to happen like an oversized line or too many people in one place i just gravitate to the answer of how can we have this be more efficient and better and i want to be a part and something about being a part of that answer also that's very um satisfying when you have been related to as the problem i think it's the solution you know be the solution instead of the problem it, it's really interesting. Um, it seems like there's a big opportunity for you to teach a business class at Harvard. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, you know, because within the construct of Indiegogo, you've mentioned so many things that you could build on. So, for example, where do, where do good ideas come from? Um, coaching people, like helping people with that. You know, like mm. everybody has an everybody has an idea in right. somewhere. They just can't articulate it, right? Yep. And so they'll labor and labor and labor because they don't have the skill set to bring that to forth. Where you guys could actually run a camp, for example. Yeah. Um, once they get in there, you could teach people how to market. Like I don't know, Indiegogo is not a platform that is instructional. I get that, but it seems like that is a. What could be an interesting evolution for you guys? Yeah, well, you're 100 percent right, and I mean, in some ways, hearing you say it's not a platform that's instructional is almost painful. You're totally right; it's a crowdfunding platform, but we really, really value that everything you're saying, and we want to be a part of the educational process for every component. And mm-hmm. if it's 
okay, you have an idea. How do you articulate that in a way that is engaging to people? Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, okay, you have an engaging idea, but you don't know anything about social media. Well, how do you create a social media presence that's engaging or that's profitable for you mm -hmm. or that's authentic. Um, okay, so you have the, the idea, the social media, but how do you do a crowdfunding campaign? And so we, we have all of that. And we do have bits and pieces of that. And a lot of that is built into the product, I'll say. You know, when you start a campaign, we automatically feed you, you should look at this. You should try this. Have you looked at this? This is our field guide. This is a campaign that's similar to the one that you're describing in your area and in the amount that you're going for. Check this out. Learn from this. Um, but we're always b building more. I mean, always. And I agree with you. Which uh, sort of harkens back to Spike Lee's uh, story. <clears throat> like people are jealous because he's up in there, right? Crowdfunding when mm. he shouldn't be, no. according to them. Right? Yeah. But you're also probably using his platform to show everybody else. So everything about I, I, I not to belabor that whole Spike Lee thing, but I, I it, it just reminded me of how. There is no competition. There is no bad competition. Honestly, it's all good competition. Yeah. Competition is inherently healthy for everybody. So, and by showing every by pointing people in the direction of other platforms that are or programs that are out there, it's competition, right? Well, to me, it's, it's, it's almost like it. it's almost like an abundance mentality, right? Yeah. Like it, there, there's a fear that Spike Lee is going to suck up all the money, but and and the opportunity, right? But but the truth is. There is abundance in terms of people that care about your craft. If it's, uh, well, I forgot how you phrased it earlier, but if it's not shitty. Right. right. <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's what I said. <laughs> yes, I think so too. But even that can be saved. Like if it, yeah, no, it can be. Yeah. I mean, so, potentially. Potentially. Right, yeah. right. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, the thing to that point about, you know, someone's going to take all my money, it's, it's just every time I hear it, it's like saying, um, you know, it's like saying when somebody, uh, has a big movie opening, it's like, oh, God, you know, the Avengers just made $100 million. Oh, no, there's no more money exactly. in the movie business because no one else is going to be able to go to a movie. Now they spent their movie dollar on the Avengers. Right. You know, nobody ever worries that, you know, the consuming public is going to stop wanting to see films because right. one does really well. Right. And this is what we're talking about. Well, you, right. you, you can look at that across platforms, too. I mean, it's, you know, there's always, I mean, over the, let's call it the past 10 years, it's been this conversation about, oh, well, you know, web series are going to destroy television and oh, no. yeah. people are going to stop going to movies. And really, like, if you look at the numbers and statistically speaking, viewing is up on all platforms, right? You, there's just more places to go. And like, you know, there before there was ABC, NBC, and CBS, mm -hmm. th then there became yeah. cable. Then there, you know, so it's just, you just had more options. It didn't mean that people stopped. Why, like radio didn't go away once, right. <laughs> right. you once know, people started watching yeah. TV. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's that same thing. I wanted to, to kind of touch a little bit on some examples. Um, the same talk that I, that I heard Slava mentioned the Statue of Liberty. Um, he also brought up a really interesting one, which was like a cat cafe. Or, yeah. Was, um, do you, are, what are some other interesting projects that you've seen, you know, that are, that, that are um, a little bit non-traditional, you know, that that are interesting, that have, that have popped up off, off of the platform and seen success. Uh, oh my God! Um, you know, there are so many person because we don't curate. Um, right. You know, we believe a lot in and crowd anything, crowdfunding, crowd blank is based on the wisdom or the uh, the ultimate wisdom of the crowd, right? So. 
what happens is you get a lot of crazy stuff that doesn't work because somebody's like, I have an idea. And the crowd's like, <laughs> you know, no, no crickets. Um, and then some people say, I have a crazy idea. And you're like, oh, that's a crazy idea. And suddenly, boom, you know, it's like blows up. The one that I always think about, and I'm, I might mangle this, so apologies to the campaign owner, but um, some guy in New York like is a sculptor. And he was like, I want to make a sculpture of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, but with Christopher Walken's head. <laughs> Full stop. That's my idea. And he's like, since that's kind of hard to imagine, I'm going to draw this on a napkin, literally, <laughs> on a napkin with a pencil, and that's, that's going to be what I post as my, you know, my campaign picture. And, you know, what's, what's weird is that at our, you know, like I was saying, we have like seven, eight thousand, I don't know, thousands and thousands of campaigns all right. at any given week. And somehow some, someone in our office was like, did you see this weird thing? And it was always like, oh, oh just another crazy fool, right. you know, doing something. And next thing you know, it's like on Reddit and it's like all over the place. And it, I don't remember if he made like a ton of money, but it was definitely thousands of dollars that right. the guy raised for a Tyrannosaurus Rex Christopher Walken headed sculpture. And <laughs> while, you know, like what good does that do in the world? I don't know. I mean, but God bless him. And the, the thing, the, the beauty of that to me is that if you had a curator, you know, if you had some kid, 22-year-old kid being like, you're in charge of deciding whether things right. are worth being on. And here's our goal. Yeah. Of course that wouldn't have been like something you're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, you can't. Right. I mean, it might not have violated a term of use or something, but who would choose that to be on your, can on your <laughs> platform, right? Right. But it demonstrates that people thought that was fun. People thought it was interesting. They liked that he was doing it. It was weird and it was cool. And they wanted to be a part of something like that. And that can be extrapolated to literally anything. Yeah. Cooper and I were talking about this earlier, just kind of like in terms of vetting, you know, so individuals like that, right? Like, let's say I, I, I went up and did the same thing today and I'd and I walk away with the money. Or I promise to give T-shirts to everyone who... You know, donates, and I don't send the T-shirts. Is there any sort of like, let's call it like an eBay mechanism where you're rated as a user, but really you only get one time, right? Uh -huh. To do to dupe someone. So, what sort of vetting mechanisms do you guys have in place to ensure like the quality of the the people behind the the projects? Yeah. So we have like the industry standard first of all on fraud analytics. We call it our trust and safety team because it's a nicer word. But um, we have an actual, we have algorithms that flag all kinds of things that can happen that would indicate something might not be right with this campaign. Um, so there's that. But something maybe more powerful is what I've seen being around forever is that this very, very low incidence of, you know, fraudsters like you're describing mm -hmm. is attributed to the way crowdfunding has to work. So something that we observe is that you know, you may have a campaign that's funded by 90% people you don't know. It might be. But people you don't know never fund a $0 campaign. They will not give to you until you get to 20 to 30% of your goal. So what we counsel people in our educational right. materials, Cooper, is, you know, that we um, – you have to find 20 to 30% of whatever goal amount you set from your first circle, whether that's people you actually know or have worked with or are like close – readers or you know people who know that you're you and have some affinity for you and only then will the strangers start giving you money mm. now once you blow past your goal and you go you know you say you want 50,000 and you're at 350 400 500,000 whatever now suddenly that stranger dollar amount might be 90% right. but until you're at 20% nobody gives you money that doesn't know you so it's mm. 
if you're going to be a fraudster, the bottom line is you have to, and, and you're going to, you know, break into the stranger community, the, the the world to build them out of money. You have to be willing to defraud your mom and your sister and your best friend to get there, right. and that's a powerful disincentive, and it's yes. very difficult to work around. So, luckily for us, that's awesome. Um, that's good. I just wanted to. to Close in on that a little bit. You're going to so cancel like, your plan to get <laughs> out, out of here. He's like, Mom, don't <laughs> donate. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, though. Um, you're the music recording artist. You make the CD. You've got all the people that have funded you. Yeah. You promised me a CD. I don't get the CD. Can what I happened? write to you guys, Indigo, and say, Hey, yeah. you never sent me my CD? Of course. Would of you email course. again, Adam? <laughs> I'm no. Happy. no, I will get, look. Hey, anyone listening to this podcast, if they want some feedback or want to get in touch with me, I'm Adam at Indiegogo.com. They are just I there you go, invite folks. it. I love it. Um, but to your question, yeah, I mean, does that happen? It often, you know, what'll happen a lot is that people get delayed in terms of delivery because so many people are new at this at the delivery and fulfillment right. of stuff. And they didn't realize some of the stuff that it takes to either to make the thing or to organize the shipping or to and it might just be them, you know, and they're like right. in their garage and they're like labeling and they've lost the right, you know, it's just there's a lot of logistics right. that amateur, you know, right. fulfillers get into. And so the time that it takes, sometimes people get impatient. What we find though is that as long and we counsel everybody on this too. As long as you stay in communication with your funders, mm. people are really forgiving, and people often really want to just be involved in the process, mm. good and bad. And sometimes, in especially in creative campaigns, well, creative and small business campaigns, we see that you'll set a goal and you have a you know some thing you want to accomplish with that amount, and some disaster happens that makes things different and oh it's going to take a lot more time and a lot more money and often what happens is the same people will give you money again to keep it going and help you out and make it happen the the time you'll fall you'll run into trouble is when you stop communicating then people get pissed and frankly right. so would i right? Right, right so they might call us and be like hey we haven't heard and we'll get in touch with the campaigner and say you really should get in touch with your people and, nice. and that's how it goes nice i'm fearful joe Right. And and I have a, a an awesome business idea. Yes. And I'm scared that if I put it out there on the world wide webs, yes. seventy five people will go and build this thing before I get twelve dollars. Yes. Um, how do you protect me as fearful sincerely fearful Joe? <laughs> Dear fearful Joe. Everything's gonna be okay. Uh, no, no. Um that's a that's a common fear. And way back 20 years ago, I used to manage screenwriters. And one of the biggest like things that I would hear, you know, because it takes a long time to write a screenplay, and one of the things they had to do to get money was go around town and pitch the most smarmy business executives with a track record of stealing things mm-hmm. their great idea. And, you know, at the end of the day, now, one answer I give is that at the end of the day, what's going to happen if you don't do this? If you keep your idea and you stay in your room what is the percentage chance that you will succeed at your idea? It is zero. Now, if you let your idea out into the world and you take a risk that other people are going to see it, there's, there's a percentage chance that someone could theoretically steal it. But the momentum that, and passion and a plan is a, is a barrier to entry. It's not a barrier to entry in practice, but it's a barrier to entry for other people who 
would have to come in as a startup. If is there is there a chance that you know Motorola is going to steal your cell phone idea? Yeah, maybe. But again, you have to think in terms of what would it take for somebody to actually see your work, change everything they were doing in their life until they saw that, and and start being as passionate and as committed to achieving what you are already in process of doing instead of you and then beating you at it. Right. It's not a very high percentage chance that it's going to happen. And if it does, I believe the risk of that happening is worth the, the you know the benefit of putting yourself out there. That's what I say. I don't so, know if that's a sad No, it's great. No, it, it, it's it, I mean it's basically like the chances are slim to none. Like it's well, possible but it's, it's, I don't it's even, not likely. Well, look, I don't even want to say, you know, maybe the chances are great that someone would steal your idea. I don't know right. what, you know, fearful <laughs> Joe, you didn't tell me your idea. So if you know, you might have a really great fearful idea. And um and and maybe it's likely. But what I can tell you is it's much more likely that you'll fail if you don't. Hmm. Exactly. Um, that's great. Do you guys have any other questions? I have One last okay. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do people thank you? Like, and if, if they do, like if they have a successful campaign and they do thank you, what's the, the coolest way you, that's been expressed to you and your team? We get lots of thanks all the time at Indiegogo. I mean, people send great emails and people, and then on our team, we share them around, you know, as a, in a team, right. we have a little thing that we do where we share like wonderful things people are saying about it. It's really empowering, obviously, as you can imagine. Um, what's the best way? I mean, you know, I, I wish I could think of something that is the best. There's a cool thing. I wouldn't say it's even, well, maybe it's not a thanks. There's, there was just this <laughs> cool thing that I saw the other day, which was at a, at, um, a shop that had funded its uh, opening in San Francisco. One of the things they did was in the artwork on the wall, there was this thing of like fun sort of um, sheep. It was like one of the, in the picture on the wall in the mural and I'm waiting I'm waiting for the okay uh, that was there was some sort of joke opportunity in there but, um, she, there's always a sheep know. joke available that's how I feel right yeah. anyway the the wool on the sheep what the artist had put in all of the names of all of the funders oh. from the Indiegogo campaign and that's the mural on the wall of the shop forever you know wow. huh. and it's down the street from our headquarters and so we went over – well, I, I'm in L.A., obviously. But the team went over there and had – you know, met the people, and they all took a picture in front of it, and they shared That's it around. Cool. And that kind of stuff is amazing. And, That's like, cool. just – I was up in Vancouver last month and met the guys from, like, best the besties hot dogs, or besties worst. And these were guys who had this great campaign, and you almost start thinking of them like they are actors because like, they're in this video. And they were actually very funny and, and awesome and – you walk in and there they are working behind the, uh, you know, the cash register. And there's this gorgeous little place that's open for business all the time. Like I just walk in and there they are, and they're there because of us, you know. Oh. And we walk in and I, of course, start crying. And I go in and I, you know, hug them. Like, hey, and we took a picture together. And I just have a whole bunch of those, you know, that's pictures cool. with people who have made their lives. And that's to me, just seeing it happen is kind of the best thing. That's maybe that's a little cheesy, but they do thank us. But I don't know that. That's and he rises yeah. one above another. That's a beautiful I mean, thing. Oh, yeah. And then to that, to that, and this is my last question. Come on, be honest. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody comes to Indiegogo with a campaign. It's going to save a million babies in Ethiopia. Yes. And it is heart wrenching. Yes. And it comes to the office, and you guys are like, "Look at this! Everybody's crying. This yeah. is the most amazing thing." It gets one dollar because it never hits the home page. Do you guys nudge it a little bit in that 
case. Or you so just got to stay out of it. What'll happen is okay. This there's the answer would it depends on how we find out about it. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes to us and is like, we have this incredible campaign and it does save us a million babies and it's amazing. This is what's going to happen and this is what we're doing already to make it happen. Um, we will pull out the stops in terms of our personal help mm. to do everything that we know will help them hit their go-go factor to get on the front page. Right. Sometimes if you have traction in terms of press that's already embargoed, that's ready for your release, that shows us that you're doing things that we kind of know right. have a really good chance of the, the go-go factor bumping you up. So we might loop you in with our press team and say, we're going to help amplify the press you already have. If we saw your that same campaign and some no they didn't come to us and someone was just like holy jeez did you see this campaign it's amazing it's one dollar, um, we would reach out if everybody was like oh we love this so much right. we would reach out find out more, give them some kind of support in terms of helping them have the tools to do what they need to do to get that gogo factor but we won't put it on the front page. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, we'll empower it to get to the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we yeah. won't just pluck it and stick it there. Right, right, right. I've got one awesome. question. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Robert Donez Jr., I'm ladies back. and gentlemen. I'm back. Uh, How's so, the bathroom? <laughs> oh, it was good. I've been, <laughs> I've been sitting here the whole time. Yes. <laughs> but, you know. Um, so, you know, this has been great. And, uh, you know, I've actually worked on a couple Indiegogo campaigns. Woo! And woo, and uh, you know, I still feel like I've learned you know a lot based off just you know company culture and things like that, and I think it's great. Um, you know, since Innovation Crush has about you know ninety million listeners, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure people are waiting to you know start signing up for Indiegogo and creating their own campaigns. Um, do you have any suggestions or maybe like examples of a really good perk? Because I think a lot of your perks are the incentive for people to kind of start donating and kind of get involved and engage with, you know, the campaigns or projects. So do you have any good or, tips you know, and tricks? Tips I got and tricks some. or, you know, oh, just excellent some. examples. That'd be great. Yeah. So, okay. Well, it, it varies by category for sure. So, you know, what's a good perk in a charity campaign might be different from a good perk in a movie campaign for right. startup business, hardware, blah, blah, blah. But something, there's a couple of things. Okay. Creative. Let's just use that giant swath. If you're in like a creative thing, like you know, film or music or books, blah blah blah. Um, something I say is experiences sometimes have more mileage than the thing. Obviously, give away your movie when it's done. Give away your music when it's done. Your book when it's done. All that stuff. But the more you can be creative about how can I include the people that are interested in what I'm doing in the process of what I'm doing. Um, the more money you'll get out of them and the more allegiance you'll get out of them for often a lifetime. So that could mean things like, you know, you can do the guitar solo in the middle 16 bars of this song. You can do, uh, you can write the lyrics to a song. It could be, um, you know, there's things that are cool like visiting the set, visiting the soundstage, visiting, 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 having personal connection with people. All of those things kind of aren't the first thing a lot of people think about because, like, what can I give away? There's, like, a thing I need to give away. Mm-hmm. But these are all more engaging. They, they often are higher dollar, and they often keep people around right. forever. Not, and also, back to that point about the people in the, in the garage shipping stuff, all of those things are non-physical. So they're cheaper to deliver right. often, often, often. Right. and they're definitely logistically easier. 
and probably like a once in a lifetime opportunity too. Yeah. Exactly right. for the for the uh, for contributor. The, yeah, right. exactly. It's all about creating like really unique experiences Experience. and participation. Right. Um, so as you know, the show is entitled Innovation Crush, um, mm-hmm. and we like to hear about good ideas and things like that. But also, uh, uh, I want you to finish a phrase for me. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Now that's a real uh oh this time. <laughs> uh, innovation to me is audacity. Is it one word or should I keep going? How, whatever comes to your heart. <laughs> oh, I was going one word. That was a good one, man. <laughs> no, audacity is great. Damn. Okay, what do I mean? Well, innovation is um, having the balls to listen to yourself and say, um, I see something that can be better and fuck it, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's kind of it. You know, uh, uh, yeah. What if, what if you're female? It's still <laughs> saying that. You're still saying but that. Not a, yes, figure of speech. Yeah. Oh, I, see, I get it. Not I get it. There, I get is, it. there is a hermaphrodite <laughs> show that we're going to do um, <laughs> coming up. So, um, But I want to thank you, Adam, for joining us. Perfect note. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Speaking end. of hermaphrodites. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried to end all of my appearances right, right, with yes. some sort of hermaphrodite. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, hermaphrodites. You just throw the mic down. Like, like one person stands up. <laughs> Um, I knew it was you, uh, but no. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much for joining us. This has like been super insightful. I feel like we could have definitely kept going on. Probably yeah, would sure. love to bring you back for like a phase two of this. Can't you wait. Know, if, if that's sure. I love this show. You guys are awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, so everyone out there listening, all six of you, uh, this has been another <laughs> installment of Innovation Crush, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleisinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.